Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Biggest takeaway from that game, and the thing that stood out to me more than anything, you know, how much, how many conclusions can you draw? You know, what can you really take away, right, from a, a victory over an FCS foe? Granted, not your typical FCS foe. Let's not forget, we spent all of last week talking about how good Furman is and the challenges they present to South Carolina, right? But watching the stars of tomorrow make their impact today, folks, the future is bright in Columbia, South Carolina. I mean, it really is. And and, and that, to me, was the greatest takeaway of all. When you look back at this game, the 47-21 victory, guys like Lenoris Sellers at quarterback, Nick Harbour at wide receiver, Trovon Bowe and Oluwatosin Babalade, Babalade, excuse me, on the offensive line, Tyshawn Russell at wide receiver. Dontavius Braswell at running back. Xavier McLeod up front on the defensive side. Pup Howard at linebacker. Jalon Kilgore the secondary. The list goes on and on. And I know for some people that maybe the turnaround of South Carolina's program and Shane Beamer, it, it has not happened with the, the quickness that they would prefer. You know, especially when you look across college football and and see some of these other teams having success so early in their head coaches' tenures, if you will. But I think Saturday night was a great representation that this thing is being built. This thing is being built in the right way, right? Through recruiting, through the high school ranks, and you got a glimpse of that on Saturday night. I mean, how how could you leave that game not being giddy? by what we saw from Eleanor Sellers, right? Like, I, I'm not one, you know, I, I feel like as Gamecock fans, we should have learned our lessons by now, right? About anointing somebody, the the next guy, he's the second coming. Like, guys, we did it with Brandon McElwain. We did it with Connor Mitch. We did it with Ryan Holinsky. We did it with Jake Bentley. Like, this has happened before. So I'm not ready to sit here and say that Lenora Sellers is going to win the Heisman or win the SEC or win the national title. But, like, There are some things you look at, and you cannot help but be excited about, right? Like that long touchdown pass down the sideline, the way Lenoris Sellers slings the football, the velocity, right? The way it comes out of his hand, obviously the physicality, the, you know, his overall build, his speed, what have you. It was a lot of fun to watch. And after a spring in which, you know, he flashed in the spring game, and, you know, I, I'd had folks that were there that told me, they were said, Chris, the way that stadium lit up when Lenora Sellers went in that football game, and it's 
it's one of those things, guys, you know, I'll never forget when, when Steven Garcia was a true freshman at South Carolina and early in his tenure, right? Like, different quarterbacks would play, obviously, under Steve Spurrier. But w- when Steven Garcia came in, the, the energy was just different, right? It was it was just the, 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 the way the crowd perked up, the way the team got amped up and energized. And I think you could argue you see that with Lenora Sellers, right? Like, with all, all due respect to all of the guys on campus and all the guys that are coming in uh, to battle for that quarterback spot, there's just a different vibe around Lenora Sellers, right? And I'm not trying to, like I mentioned, crown the guy too early or what have you, but similar to the way that Steven Garcia provided a spark in those early Spurrier years, and he's inserted in the game, and you could just feel the energy completely shift. And a lot of it because of what he was able to do on the field with his his dynamic playmaking ability and his great arm. Like, I see a lot of that in Lenora Sellers. Like, I, I see a guy that when he's inserted in the game, his teammates rally around him, the the great energy and the excitement, and it's just that that spark that maybe other guys on the roster – just do not present. So the future is very bright under center. And I know it's one game, and I understand that, you know, we're not going to draw a conclusion from Furman. But, guys, at this point, I don't know how the Norris Sellers – it's going to be an open competition, no doubt. But I don't see how the Norris Sellers isn't South Carolina's QB1 leaving spring ball next year. Like, I, I, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't see – how it's even possible at this point. With all due respect to guys like Luke Doty and Tanner Bailey and Colton Gauthier and even Dante Reno coming in, if all goes according to plan, Lenora Sellers is the guy, right? Lenora Sellers the dude. I think he showed glimpses of that on Saturday night, guys. Of course, Nick Harbour finally getting some action, the touchdown catch. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Lenora Sellers and Nick Harbour uh, throughout the next couple of years, if you will. And I know folks kept asking, Chris, where is where is Nick Harbour? Why is he not out there? Well, you have to guess no longer because there he was. And a great catch, by the way. His first ever target, his first ever catch in college. It goes for a touchdown. Only fitting, right? You had the youth movement on the offensive front. I thought Bo, I thought Babalade, I thought uh, Jatavius Shivers. I thought they were really good guys. These guys were three of your top four graded offensive linemen in that game. You know, Tyshawn Russell, who caught the deep pass from Lenora Sellers, uh, the, the great speed and athleticism, he looked really good. I thought Dontavius Braswell at running back. Again, guys, we're going to talk about a lot more of these in depth as we go. Uh, Xavier LeClat- McLeod making that interception, if you will, defensive tackle spot. Puff Howard flying all over the field. It's just really exciting. And you look back at last year, guys, too, in the last couple of years, like for whatever reason, South Carolina has not played their youngsters like this. And I think this was by design. I think this was on purpose. I know that many of us, including yours truly, we had questions about, okay, why is Spencer Rattler getting pulled middle of the third quarter when, you know, the margin's only 20 and you say, well, it's 20. I mean, listen, one score and that game gets uncomfortably close, right? So I was surprised that Spencer Rattler was pulled. But listen, when you have guys like, you know, Dylan Stewart on campus and some other big-time defensive line prospects or other big-time prospects, five-star guys that are, you know, seeing your stadium and your environment and your play for the first time, some of them at least. You know, the fact that you can sell that, hey, you're, you're going to come in as a true freshman and you're not just going to sit and rot on the bench. Like, you're going to play, right? This is something, this is a luxury that Clemson's had over the last couple of years, that Georgia's had, that some of these, upper, these other upper echelon teams 
have had. They've been able to empty their bench and play tons of different dudes and guys. You can sell that in recruiting. You can absolutely do so. So I thought it was awesome to see guys. And again, that that was my biggest takeaway is just seeing the stars of tomorrow. You know, the future is extremely bright and uh, really, really excited to see how Shane Beamer and company, they continue to build this thing through the high school ranks. You can see it, guys. You can see the talent improving slowly but surely in Columbia. Now, the rest of the game and everything else that really is going to impact, I think, this season, because while all those youngsters are great, not sure exactly how much they're going to play in SEC, play an impact this season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Offensively, you got to start with QB1. I mean, Spencer Rattler, what he did on Saturday night, and, and I know it was firm, and don't get me wrong, but 25 of 27, 345, and three touchdowns, that's a hell of an outing. I don't care who you're playing. But the thing, guys, you know, like I mentioned last week this time, talking about the UNC game, and the stats were flashy, and that was great and everything, but for me, it was it was a take beyond just what the numbers told you. I feel the exact same way this week. Like, those, those numbers are awesome. I mean, that that level of efficiency – the passing yards, the passing touchdowns. Like, it's really nice to see Spencer Rather be able, to, be able to put up some numbers, right, in a game like this. We didn't see that last year. The thing that I leave that Furman game with, though, and listen, I, I don't know how he's going to play against Georgia. I don't know how what he's going to be like in SEC play or throughout the year. Listen, this is football. He's going to make mistakes. I get it. But, guys, it is so night and day, the fact that Spencer Rattler – is just so much more comfortable than he was last year. I mean, the reason he's able to operate at a high level, guys, and, and make plays and go downfield and, and put up these numbers is he's not trying to process a million different thoughts at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it, it's, it's just that simple. Like, I'm not saying, again, that it's perfect. I'm not saying South Carolina isn't going to have days they're going to struggle offensively because they absolutely are. There's no question. They are. But Spencer Rattler, the comfortability level of him in this offense, the way he's operating right now, guys, it is just, it's night and day different from last year. And I think that, that once you get a player that has that type of skill level, that type of talent, and he's able to feel comfortable in the system and just go out there and play, right? Less thinking, more playing. He's able to go out there, be confident in the game plan, be confident, of course, in his abilities, but not have to move half speed or three-quarter speed because he's trying to 
process certain things. Okay, I got to remember this. I got to do this. I got to add that. He's just able to go out there and play. I, I think you're seeing that. I think that's why he's putting up these numbers. And again, it's not going to be perfect game after game after game, but it's going to give South Carolina the best possible chance to win. It, it's going to give them the best possible chance to have success in SEC play, even if there is no running game to lean on, because we'll talk about that in a second. Obviously, that was not there. But as I mentioned, guys, middle or late last or middle or late last week or what have you, a confident Spencer Rattler, that's a great place to start. And that's exactly what you have now going into SEC play. Uh, to the outside, guys, I mean, listen, Juice Wells, what's his status? I don't think he's 100%. I know Shane Beamer's been gamesmanship, and I, and I, we all love Shane Beamer here, but I, I have just at this point learned to completely block out any and all injury reports that we hear throughout the week. Um, Juice Wells, yes, he was on the field. Yes, he had a catch. Is he the Juice Wells that we all know and love? I, there's no way, guys. There's just no way. There's no way you're going to sit here and tell me that Juice Wells has fallen off to such a degree that he has, what, two catches? One catch early in the season? I, I, I There's just no way. That being said, though, all due respect to Juice Wells. Guys, I think Xavier Leggett has this team's top weapon. I, I, I really do. I think Xavier Leggett, I, I, I'll tell you this, I don't think it's a matter of when Juice Wells comes back fully healthy. He's just, okay, this is wide receiver one and Leggett's sliding back to, to wide receiver two. I think it's 1A and 1B. Like, I, dude, Xavier Leggett is on a different planet this season. And for a guy that, you know, we talked about in the preseason, you know, is he going to be able to finally break out and live up to the hype and live up to the expectations? Guys, he leads all of power five in receiving yards right now. I mean, this dude is playing out of his mind. He's making 50-50 balls, turning to 70-30 balls in his favor. And it's a lot of fun to watch, man. It's a lot of fun to watch. You know, we always – we felt like for years Xavier Leggett had this potential because of the build, big body nature, athletic kid, if you will. And I just go back to this. Last year's Texas A&M game, that kickoff return for a touchdown. My goodness, was that not the – light bulb moment for Xavier Leggett because since then he's been a man on a mission before that he was lost right he had that SC State game where ball went off his hands and it was picked off and you know many folks said hey this kid should never play again <laughs> some people thought hey put him on the bench don't let him off uh, until absolutely necessary the way he has turned it around and has become South Carolina's top wide receiver I mean it's 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 incredible to watch, man. And I, I think realistically now you look that this could be a thousand yard receiver guy. Like he really could. He's on a torrid pace right now, guys. Again, the most receiving yards through two games, I believe, in South Carolina history, right? This is think of all the great receivers in the history of Gamecocks football. He's got more than any of them ever had through two games. So it's a lot of fun to watch, man. I can't wait to see what he does in SEC play. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends. Over at Twisted Tea, are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion. 
especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone, so no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is. Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Sticking with the offense, guys, moving to the running back position. And I feel like this is somewhat of a no-brainer take because I think we knew that while DeCabrion Joyner was slotted at RB1, that this was an open competition, right? That, that South Carolina, it was going to be a work in progress until they really found out what they had back there in the backfield. And I don't put the blame, like I, I, I'm not, I am certainly not going on this show today and saying that, you know, DeCabrion Joyner doesn't have what it takes to be a good running back. He needs more blocking, right? Like, he 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 needs better holes to run through. Like, I think we'd all agree that, like, if the offensive line were to get fixed, the carry-on joiner's athleticism and athletic ability, it would take care of the rest of it, right? Like, he, he is a good enough athlete to be productive back there. But I think getting looks at Dontavius Braswell and Mario Anderson, I think all of a sudden we have a different conversation here this week. I, I, I think this is a wide-open competition which you can look at one of two ways. You can look at it as a positive in the sense of, okay, there are more quality options maybe back there than we expected. You can also look at it as, man, like you don't want more questions surfacing going into SEC play, especially when you're starting SEC play between the hedges. But I think you look specifically at what Amario Anderson showed you. And here's the thing, guys. Did I have my doubts about Mario Anderson coming from D2 playing SEC ball? Absolutely. And just because he popped off five yards of carry against Furman, that doesn't mean that he's the answer at running back. But I will tell you what the advantage that the leg up that Mario Anderson has on everybody else in the room. And the feedback we got after the game Saturday night was, you know, Mario Anderson, he's running hard. Like, he runs with an edge. He he, he runs pissed off. He looks like a big-time running back. Well, you know why that is, guys? Because despite the level... He's been a big-time running back. He's the only one in that room that can say that outside of what some of them did at high school. 
But at the collegiate level, Dontavious Braswell is the only one that has produced at a high level. And so I think when you have that level of confidence, and I think for the, for DeCabrion Joyner, like the difference is, we talked about Spencer Rattler. I think DeCabrion Joyner is still somewhat thinking, right? Processing, okay, this is what I do. This is how I hit the hole. This is how I play the position. Like Mario Anderson, no matter the level, he knows how to play running back. Like he knows the ins and outs of being a successful running back. And so I think for Mario Anderson, I think there's less thinking and I think there's more doing. You know, the kid runs with an edge. He runs hard. He runs pissed off, right? Runs with a bad attitude. And I think a lot of that comes from the confidence of him saying, you know what? My game is good enough. Like, I have been a big-time dude. I am a big-time dude. And so he runs with that chip on his shoulder. Well, I think maybe to carry on Joyner is kind of, you know, feeling it out, if you will. Now, I think to carry on Joyner can still have a ton of positive impact on this offense. And by no means am I saying that I, I think they should use them all, right? I think they should give all of them a chance to operate, especially you going to Georgia, you go through SEC play. Like, you just got to kind of see what you got, right? Like, roll the dice, roll them out there, see who gets hot. Um, but I do think Mario Anderson's performance and the glimpses you saw, you know, maybe it does give you a glimmer of hope that maybe there's an RB1 in there that could step up and be a dude and and be productive for us on a week-in, week-out basis. Maybe there's a guy in there that could be a 100-yard a rusher every now and then, right? So I think going into SEC play, I think there should be an open competition at running back. I, I really do. Guys, we talked about the running game. How about the offensive front? I'll just say this, guys, and I'm going to save a lot more of this commentary for later in my takeaways. 2.8 yards per carry, right? I, I we, we were – the all eyes were on the offensive line going in this game, and, you know – let us not forget, it was ugly early, right? I mean, Furman's up 14-7. to 7. I know many of you and Willie B, me at home, you know, social media, people were crapping themselves, for, <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it, right? Like, people were on edge. This season's over. Burn it down. We're not going to win another game, right? Thankfully, the Gamecocks got it rolling. The line of scrimmage looked much, much better, guys, as we expected. I thought South Carolina wore down the Furman Paladins. I think South Carolina, based off what we saw Saturday night, should absolutely 110% consider an overall youth movement on the offensive line. Guys, just look at the numbers coming out of Furman. The offensive line grades came out on Sunday morning. Three of the top four graded offensive linemen from Saturday night's game were true freshmen. Big Tree Babalade, Jatavius Shivers, and Trovon Bow, And guys, you know what? All due respect, as much as I can give, to Sidney Fugar, Tyshawn Wanamaker, some of these other guys, right? Ja'Kai Moore, if you will. Like, all due respect, if the O-line's going to be shoddy anyways, and it's going to be held together by scotch tape, I would much rather roll with the youngsters that, you know what, they may not be ready to play. They may not be ready to take on Georgia's defensive line or, or, you know, take on a defensive line in SEC play. They may not quite be there, but they will get there. They will get there. And I would rather take my licks with those guys up front and let them, you know, get their battle scars, get their experience, get their reps, 
and South Carolina be better because of it in the long run? Because I don't need to see any more action. Sidney Fugar is terrible. Tyshawn Wanamaker, he is what he is. Ja'Kai Moore, same thing. Like, I don't need to see any more action. I don't need to watch 77 get his ass whipped by that Georgia defensive line. I don't need to see it. We know what's going to happen, right? And I'm not saying that these freshmen won't struggle. And you know what? Maybe you can't just totally ditch 77 and 55 and some of these other guys. Like, you have to have depth. Like, I understand, like... But I would so much rather watch South Carolina. Like, dude, you've got the quarterback, Lenore Sellers. You've got a fantastic young running back, I think, in Nontavius Braswell. You've got Nick Harbor. You've got some young receivers. You know tight end's going to be a strength for you. Like, dude, if you have the offensive line, you're going to be cooking. Like, you're going to be cooking in a couple of years. I'd rather South Carolina, hey, Let's go with the youth movement. Let's start a freshman or two, maybe three. Heck, I don't know. It's not a recipe to win big in the SEC. I totally get that. And I'm not saying, like, let's just build for the future and focus on that. But, guys, I think these are the best available. I think that's what it comes down to. And so would you rather keep rolling out the veterans who have shown you what they are or let the freshmen with extremely high upside and players that are, you know, the great wall of Carolina of the future, let them play anyways. Like, I, I, I'd, I'd much rather side with the youth movement up front. I thought you saw them uh, do some really good things, especially in that second half. And, you know, I, I would roll with the youngsters. I, I know you can't just completely abandon the other guys that I was mentioning, but I'd roll with the youngsters. I've, I'd give them every opportunity possible because, hey, guess what, guys? As long as you can weather the storm early in the first half of the season, you get in the second half, and guess what? These freshmen up front, they're not quite true freshmen anymore. They've played a lot of football. That'll set you up well in that final four-game stretch at home at Willie B. It'll set you up well in road trips at Mizzou and A&M. I think it'll set you up well for the rest of this season and going into 2024 and beyond as well. Guys, to the defensive side, I, I, I think the defensive front is still a major concern. I, I, I do. Um you know, I, I thought you saw some much better things, right? You forced three sacks. You got some pressure. Um, early game struggles were very frustrating. I, I don't understand why Clayton White cannot make an adjustment before halftime. I, I just don't get it. And they were very good in the second half, by the way. Give credit, but, like, I don't get why it takes Clayton White that long. Like, why Clayton White has to be schooled by Furman for 30 minutes to, 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 to get it going. I, I obviously, I like, I like Clayton White, but that's one thing that always puzzles me. Um, yeah, I, I think the defensive front, you know, I, I think the J.C. Sherbert's point last week and my point last week as well, like, guys, it's just about these dudes playing better. You know, I, I think T.J. Sanders and Nick Barrett, I thought they looked really good in their limited action, especially T.J. Sanders getting after the quarterback. I thought Jordan Strawn was very active in the ball game, but it's, it's about those guys up front just playing better. Like, what you got is what you got, right? Like, if that D-line is going to improve and be more of a force, Tonka Hemingway's just got to play better. Boogie Huntley's just got to play better. Jordan Strong's just got to play better. And you got to keep your fingers crossed that you get Jatias gear back quickly, right? Because I know Brian Thomas Jr. made some plays in that game, but I mentioned you guys last week. Like he, he's not an SEC end, in my opinion. He's not an SEC edge. Um and so I think South Carolina, you know, they, they've still got issues on the defensive front. You know, we'll see how they're able to combat those. If if some other guys step up, if an Elijah Davis can become more involved. But, 
you know, while it was better in the second half, I thought the physicality got better. I thought South Carolina was more active up front. And great adjustments by Clayton White and company. And, and guys just stepped up and started playing better. When you're getting pushed around by Furman early, I don't care if it's early, if it's late, I don't give a damn how long it is. When you're getting pushed around by Furman, that's a concern. That's a concern. Guys, I talked about the youth movement, the number of young guys that played on Saturday, sticking with the defense. I, I think Pup Howard, kid was flying around. You know, it's one of those things, again, he's drinking water over a fire hose, a young guy trying to learn, and, of course, you get into SEC play and you don't want to overload him. But I think I think Pup Howard at linebacker needs to see more playing time. Uh, this is a group, again, if the linebacker position, they're going to take a step forward, I think a guy like Pup Howard's got to live up to his potential. I think he's got to be a dude for you. You no longer have Mo Kaba, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think Stone Blanton is is quicker. I think he's he's a bigger cat too. I think he's playing much better football. But you know, and Debo Williams obviously is is we know what we're getting out of Debo Williams at this point. But I think you got to play Pup Howard, man. I, I think you got to play Pup Howard, play him often. I think he's one of your top players at the linebacker position. I want to see more out of him in helping that run defense for sure. Um, Jalon Kilgore, guys, I moved to the secondary. He's a star in the making. I, I just. You know, led the team in tackles on Saturday night. Love watching Jalon Kilgore. You know, the Gamecocks, they've hung their hat on secondary. I think that'll continue based off some of the guys they've recruited and uh, some of the guys that have filled in, if you will. But Kilgore, a guy, I think he's doing a fantastic job filling in for Nick Evenwary. We'll see what his status is this week, obviously. Um, but, you know, you, you love to see that from your, your young defensive backs. And, and Kilgore, I think, is a guy that, you know, he, he's got big-time DB written all over him for sure. Final thing, guys, for me. As we put the Furman game, for the most part, behind us, and we look ahead of the start of SEC play. And this is not me being Debbie Downer. This is not me being negative. This is me being real with you and giving you perspective. Saturday night was a lot of fun. And one of my other takeaways, too, guys, is like, I think that's the game. If we could go back and I could somehow, if I had this power, I would have switched the Furman and North Carolina games. Because I, I think with the amount of questions... And the amount of young players that South Carolina has on the roster, right? I mean, look at Saturday night, guys. Look how many young guys were making contributions or, you know, some of those guys, those young guys, it's like they, they're better than a guy that's starting, it almost looks like. Like, at least it looks like they have more talent, if you will. But I think for this football team that had so many questions, ideally, you would have had Furman week one and UNC week two. Unfortunately, you didn't get that. And I think this is a team, while Saturday night was a lot of fun, beating up on Furman was great, this is still a football team with major issues and major concerns heading into SEC play. Look at what Appalachian State guys did in North Carolina. Guess how many sacks UNC had against Appalachian State? Zero. A big, fat goose egg. Now, I understand the transitive property in college football doesn't work like that, right? Week to week? Who knows? Your guess is as good as mine. That being said, though, guys, I am not, you know, I'm not overreacting. We'll say that. I'm not overreacting to a win over Furman. You know, I think you look across the board at line of scrimmage. We can't forget how that game started, right? It was 14-7 to Furman at one point. It looked like it was going to be 14-14 to going in a halftime. South Carolina finally decided to air it out, go downfield, kind of abandon the run more so, and, you know, let their playmakers make plays, which what a bright idea. Uh, but it worked out very well, kind of what we expected, right? The Gamecocks would just simply put out athlete Furman, and we got that. But there are still major issues for sure. You know, I'm still worried about the offensive line. 
you know, whether that's going to be trotting back out there, guys like Sidney Fugar, Ja'Kai Moore, and Tyshawn Wanamaker, or, you know, starting true freshmen like Big Tree Babalade and Trovon Bow and Jatavia Shivers. I'm worried about that group, right? I'm still concerned about weapons outside of Xavier Leggett. I know Eddie Lewis had a really good game. Morgan Brown did some things, and thankfully he's not too banged up. Uh, when does Juice Wells come back? We have no idea. Where are the tight ends, by the way, guys? I mean, Trey Knox and Joshua Simon, they've had a catch here or there, but they've been basically non-existent the first two weeks. Um, and averaging 2.8 yards per carry against Furman. You know, I, I saw a lot of comments. Let's go to the air raid. Let's just ditch the run completely. And, like, that'll work against teams like Furman that don't have the bodies up front to – or maybe the athletes in the secondary or what have you to expose you and make you pay for that. But, guys, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, it's just – it's going to be a struggle. I was going to say if you can't run the ball, but you can't run the ball. Like, like let's call it for what it is. Unless you're taking on a team with a really, really weak defensive front, and there aren't many of those in the SEC, my greatest fear coming in the season still exists, which is when you get one-dimensional. Maybe against Furman, it didn't hurt you, right? Because Xavier Leggett was able to out-athlete Furman's DBs, right? We're talking about a Paladins defensive unit, uh, secondary, I should say, that ranked outside of the top 100 last year in pass defense. But that ain't going to fly against Georgia, guys. It ain't going to fly against Mississippi State. It ain't going to fly against Tennessee. 2.8 yards per carry against Furman's defensive front. That greatly concerns me. And on the defensive side, you made the adjustments. Congratulations. You made the adjustments. But it was so shoddy early, man. And we've seen this story before. When the Gamecocks play a competent offense, a Power 5 offense, an SEC offense, like, We've seen the movie before, and the ship still sinks. So, yes, Saturday night against Furman, it was it was the bounce back you needed in every sense of the word. But I think there's still big issues on this football team. The one thing I'll say in closing is this. Momentum's a fickle mistress in college football. And above all else, the confidence that I think that win over Furman, the confidence South Carolina gained from that win, that could be the most beneficial thing for this group as they head into SEC play. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. 
I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. 